This episode of the Fit Cookie Crumble series is brought to you by Inside Tracker. Go to insidetracker.com slash fit cookie or visit the link in the show notes to save 25% off of your next Inside Tracker purchase. Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's episode, which is a mini episode, pretty short stuff, and a basic summary, aka the Spark Notes version, of various nutrition and running topics. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about plant based diets in runners and basically, like, is that okay to be doing? Is it something I should be doing? How does it affect my performance and health? And what are maybe some considerations specifically for those who choose not to eat animals or animal products? If you're looking for the Spark Notes version, the down and dirty, Holly, just tell me like in one statement <laughs> everything that I need to know about this. Basically, is that eating more plant-based foods like fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes is almost never going to be a bad thing when it comes to health and performance, but that there are various nutrients that runners tend to need more of anyway than the average Joe that can be hard to find in a plant-based diet. So being intentional about eating a balanced plant-based diet and filling in any deficiencies with supplementation or extra, you know, resources within your diet is really helpful to avoid injuries and just other complications of having nutrient deficiencies. So that's my two cents on that. But let's get into more of the down and dirty on plant-based diets so that you have a good idea today of, you know, all the research and all of the current um, things that we know about this when it comes to runners and the runner population, which is different than the you know average population who doesn't do this whole running sport. So essentially, you um, may have heard of plant-based you know eating. There's also like veganism, vegetarianism, pescatarianism, lacto-ovo vegetarianism and everything in between. So let me first kind of define (laughs) what I mean by all of these things, because they are all a little bit different. So essentially, to start from the top, pescatarians, they don't eat um, meat, poultry, um, but they do eat seafood, and of course, all fruits, vegetables, things that are non-animal based. Um, And some pescatarians also eat animal products like cheese and milk and dairy and eggs and honey and that kind of thing. Um, when we talk about lacto ovo or lacto or just ovo <laughs> vegetarians, um, these guys eat, um, you know, dairy products. If we're talking about lacto and egg products, if we're talking about ovo. So if they're a lacto ovo vegetarian, they eat dairy and egg products. Um, if they're a pescatarian, they tend to eat dairy and egg products and also seafood. Generally speaking, there there are, of course, individual nuances to these types of eating habits. And we're talking about veganism. Now, these folks don't eat any animal products or any seafood products. So like no cheese, no dairy products, no eggs, no honey, um, no seafood, and try to adhere to only things that come from plants. 
Um, and when we're talking about plant-based, this is a newer buzzword that really came to be, and you know, it's been around forever in my world as a dietitian, but it became more of a buzzword um, after you might have heard of it, the Netflix, and I'm putting in quotes, documentary, because I think it was more of a drama, but it was a Netflix documentary called Game Changers. Um, there have been other Netflix documentaries like What the Health, um, you know, and those types of things that have talked about reducing consumption of animals and animal products before, but I really found that Game Changers made a pretty big statement, pretty big ripple, if you will, in the plant-based society, um, and really kind of put forth this whole um, essential like term, plant-based eater. And I think they didn't define it super well in the documentary, and I'm not going to get into the documentary here because if, if it got you to eat more plants, I'm not super mad about it. If it felt like you really needed to restrict animal products because you were killing yourself and the environment because of the quote unquote studies that they showed you in the documentary, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, but essentially, plant-based eating, which they did not define very well in the documentary, but I'm going to define it for you here, means that you still may eat animal products, but you have a very plant-forward approach to your diet. So you're trying to essentially create meals and snacks around plant-based foods, and you may have animal products here and there to fill in the gaps, but the majority of your diet does come from plants. Um, so just to define those and get that out of the way, I also want to say that from my perspective as a dietitian who does help people with a history of eating disorders and disordered eating and also is very focused on preventing, um, you know, these illnesses in others, um, preventing, triggering anything like that, I always ask, you know, why is it that you've chosen to become a plant-based eater or a vegan or a vegetarian or a pescatarian? Um, and if that, you know, choice is coming from like, you know, humanity reasons, personal beliefs around, you know, what should or shouldn't be eaten, how animals are treated, you know, the environment. Those are fantastic reasons. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely on board with that. Um, if it's coming from, you know, I just really want to be healthier, you know, we can dive into a little bit what you mean by that and what is well researched in plant-based nutrition and what how it does improve health and if that is meaningful for you. If it's coming from a place of, well, I need to cut out these things to lose weight. Or I need to cut out these things because it gives into my disordered eating voice and it makes me more restricted. That's really not a healthy reason to cut out any food group. You know, no matter what that food group is and no matter what the studies say about health benefits, if it's coming from a place of wanting to make yourself smaller and or self-hatred, it may not be the best reason for you to make a drastic change to your diet. And I'll talk about why within this episode. So no judgment, but I always like to ask my clients and peers, anyone who's asking me, hey, is this a good idea for me? You know, why it is that they think they want to cut it out because why we eat things often matters more than what we eat itself. I'll say that again. The reason behind your food choices often matters more than the food choices themselves. So let's dive into, you know, plant-based nutrition for athletes and runners. Um, what the research says, what it says for, you know, um, the positives, the pros, and also the negatives and maybe the implications that we want to think about. So essentially, the general takeaway here is that athletes of any level can meet 
their nutrition needs and impact their performance in a positive way on a plant-based diet. And when I say plant-based in this episode, please know that I mean all of those things I just mentioned, plant-based, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian. We'll go into the nuances between those a little bit, obviously, because there are different nutrition concerns for each one. But when I say plant-based, I mean you're eating mostly plants, um, and I'm not getting too much into the what kind and how restricted and, and that kind of thing. But the general takeaway here is that, yeah, as a runner, you can totally meet your needs on a plant-based diet. There are some fantastic athletes, many of which were highlighted in the Game Changers documentary um, and others, who are vegans, are vegetarians, are plant-based eaters, and they're doing fabulous. Um, One thing I've learned as a practitioner in the dietetics world is that no one size fits all in nutrition, and it's not my job to tell you what to eat. <laughs> um, it's really my job to support you in finding an eating pattern that suits your life and suits your genetics and suits your personality and what you like to eat and how you live your life. And for some people, plant-based eating is awesome, and it really, really helps them. Um Now, that being said, what I like to help people with who are plant-based eaters or wanting to be more of plant-based eaters is support them in making sure that they are responsible (laughs) plant-based eaters. And what I mean by that is that they're meeting their nutrition needs and they're not leaving anything out on accident because of their newfound way of eating. And that can be really, can be really easy not to meet your needs as a plant-based athlete. And that's not just from my observations and practice, which is totally true. That is exactly what I observe. But also we find this in several research studies, many of which I will link in the show notes if you want to read those for further review. But in general, generally speaking, we find that plant-based eaters do have problems, um, especially females, meeting their nutrition needs through a plant-based diet. So it's not that it can't be done. It's that a lot of you aren't doing it well. (laughs) So part of this podcast and part of my job as a dietitian is to help you understand how to do it well so that you can keep doing it and embodying your why. So what needs could you not be meeting because maybe those nutrients are harder to find in plants, or maybe they're not, they're really abundant in plants, but they're not as bioavailable for us humans to absorb in our gut and actually use in the body. Or maybe it's just about the foods that you're choosing to eat and the specific nutrients that might be lacking in those foods. So the first thing that a lot of plant-based eaters tend to not meet, and actually this is true even for omnivores, especially female omnivores, is that they're not meeting their calorie needs. You're just not meeting your total energy needs. And we know that when we don't meet our total energy needs, we increase our risk for red S, which is relative energy deficiency in sport, which basically means you're under fueling. And when we do that, we can put our entire health <laughs> uh, cocktail essentially, um, you know, at risk for injury, you know, burnout, issues with our thyroid, our fertility, our bone health. Um, and that's not anything that anyone wants. Um, and yet most of you are not meeting your calorie needs if you are runners. So especially if you're female plant-based runners. And one of the reasons why that's the case, um, it can come from, of course, a rooted belief in having a restrictive approach to eating and feeling that you have to diet all the time in order to be faster, which if you've listened to previous episodes with me, you know that's not true and that backfires in a pretty big way when we try to do that long-term. But it can also be because think about plant-based foods. Think about fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, like beans and lentils. A lot of them aren't high in calories. (laughs) Um, And a lot of them are really high in fiber. 
fiber is really good for our gut. It's really good for keeping us full. But what I find in athletes and what these studies find is that if we're eating a ton of fiber, it can fill us up before we've met our calorie needs because that food essentially is just diluted with fiber. You know, the calories are diluted with fiber in a lot of plant-based foods. And what this can also mean for athletes besides just filling up too quickly on, um, you know, low calorie foods and not meeting their needs is that extra fiber plus running where we're jostling our system around all the time can also lead to an increased risk of gut distress. Um, and if you listened to my last crumbles episode on the runner's trots dilemma, Uh, you'll know that fiber can be one of the really big red flags um, around why extra GI distress might be happening on the run. And plant-based eaters, um, you know, might might be accustomed to all the fiber that they eat, but also sometimes you might find you're just not responding well to all that extra fiber, and this can be causing problems for you. And that's where it really depends on the individual and what's right for them. So besides calories, um, other things that plant-based diets can be deficient in, and I'll go into various reasons for all of these, but just to summarize, is iron, vitamin D, vitamin B12, and some other B vitamins as well. Protein, fat, zinc, creatine, beta alanine, carnitine, and omega-3s, including DHA, calcium, and also iodine. So that's a long list. (laughs) Um, And essentially all of those nutrients, one of the reasons that we find plant-based athletes, runners in particular, are not meeting those needs is because runners have a higher need for all of those nutrients outside of the general population. So we also find that a lot of omnivores who eat plenty of animal products may also not be meeting their needs here. So it's not that plant-based eaters are necessarily doing it worse. <laughs> um, they're just also not doing it very well. And here's a couple of reasons why, other than the fact that our overall calorie intake is low, um, which can just mean that we're low in all nutrients if that's the case but also because things like iron, vitamin D, B12, certain proteins, and certain things within proteins like um, leucine, creatine, beta alanine, and carnitine, those are all different amino acids, Um, omega-3s, calcium, iodine, those things are all found at much higher concentrations in animal products than they are in plants. Now, that's not to say that you can't find these things in plants or in supplementation. So things like iron, a lot of the times... Um, iron and then zinc and also copper is another one. Um, and omega threes, these things can be found in plants. So you can find iron in black beans, leafy greens, tofu, oats, fortified grains. You know, you can find zinc, um, and actually all of those things as well, also including whole grains and legumes. You can find omega threes and things like chia seeds, flax seeds, algae, but, and this is a big, but you may not find bioavailable sources of these things in plant foods, meaning that we could, you know, eat 30 milligrams of iron in a day as a plant-based athlete, but that 30 grams of iron isn't all going to be absorbed because it's just not as bioavailable as it would be from animal products like red meat. So you might just think, well, maybe I just need to eat more then, and then more of it will get absorbed. And while that's true, Again, from a plant-based perspective, that can be really challenging because of all the fiber, (laughs) Um, you know, to eat like 
five cups of broccoli to meet the same calcium bioavailability as a couple cups of milk or Greek yogurt, you know, that can be really challenging to do, especially when we add, you know, running on top of it, where eating five cups of broccoli, it's probably a terrible idea (laughs) uh, for your gut in terms of not wanting to have the runner's trots. And also, it's just not super comfortable to eat that much fiber in one sitting. So a lot of the times with my plant-based athletes, I will have them supplement um, these things so that, you know, they don't have to worry about it. And we're also focusing on food forward sources. So for example, if you eat um, plant-based sources of iron, but you combine them with vitamin C. So for example, that could be doing black beans, but also tomatoes and bell peppers, which are high in vitamin C in your chili. And that's delicious, first of all. But then also you're going to absorb more of the iron in the black beans than you would have without the vitamin C. Um, Also too, you know, a lot of, a lot of people when they become plant-based will say, everyone's asking me where I get my protein from. And if you are plant-based and you're listening to this, you're probably laughing right now or rolling your eyes at me. Um, Protein, we do find that plant-based athletes consume less protein, um, but also that that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if we are trying to stimulate protein muscle synthesis, or, you know, if we are in like the aging population or a population where we lose muscle mass over time and it's harder to maintain, again, you can absolutely do this on a plant-based diet. You just have to be intentional about it. So with protein from plant-based sources, um, we need to eat complete proteins throughout the day. And optimally, you know, if you're eating like, you know, all the different types of plant-based proteins throughout the day, but not necessarily together at meals, you're, you're going to be completing your proteins. And what I mean by that is you're going to be getting all of the essential amino acids that you need to stimulate protein muscle th- synthesis. I think one of the most important things you can do is making sure that you have a complete plant-based protein source after you exercise. Um, that is going to help your muscles out the most um, because it's you know kind of right there when you need it, when they're all broken down after your workout. And also um, there's easy ways to do this. So if you combine like a whole grain-based plant product, so like brown rice, for example, with a legume-based plant product like peas or black beans or lentils, you have a complete protein. When you're looking for a protein powder supplement, you want to think of the same concept so that you have basically the key thing here is that you have enough of the essential amino acids to stimulate muscle growth post-workout, but also so that you have enough leucine. And we find that plant-based athletes and the aging population need way more leucine than the average person because it's not as bioavailable in plants. So when you're looking for a protein powder supplement, thinking about okay, does this have, you know, enough leucine in it? Does it have a legume and a whole grain? Is it like a brown rice protein powder combined with a pea protein? Or is it a hemp seed protein on its own, but that's not really complete? There's a lot of products out there, um, but that is one way to look at protein products and supplements. Another component to think about with a plant-based diet, um, again, is just making sure that you have enough food throughout the day. We do find that plant-based athletes tend to eat more carbohydrates than non-plant-based athletes. And this can actually be a really positive thing for performance, which is awesome. Because if you think of plant-based foods, a lot of them contain carbohydrates. Um, even the protein rich ones like beans, you know, lentils, um, quinoa is a big one, you know, those protein rich, um, 
foods, they're actually carbohydrate rich too, which again is not a bad thing, especially for an endurance athlete. When we find that most endurance athletes have a tough time meeting their carbohydrate needs on their own anyway. So if you're plant-based, maybe you're eating more carbs, that could be a good thing for your performance. So I bring all this up and I have the perfect sponsor for this episode, Inside Tracker, because if you're a plant-based athlete and you're thinking, gee, I don't know if I'm eating enough <laughs> or gee, I don't know if I'm having iron or vitamin D or enough of these things in my diet. If you're unsure, um, if you're experiencing injury, if you're experiencing burnout, you're bonking in your workouts and you're just maybe not feeling that great, get your blood tested. Do not just go take supplements willy-nilly. For example, if you heard me say all these things that plant-based people are deficient in or have an increased risk of being deficient in, and you're like, okay, I'm going to go take a zinc supplement and a B12 and a vitamin D and an iron and a calcium. Okay. A lot of these things are synergistic. If you're taking too much of one thing, not enough of another thing. If you're taking something, but you don't actually need to be taking it, One, it can become toxic. Two, they can block each other so you absorb none of them and waste all your money. (laughs) And three, taking too much of one thing can throw off another thing. So get your blood tested. Don't just take supplements. And please work with a professional like a dietitian um, or your doctor to help you gauge that. What I love about Inside Tracker is that basically they're going to test all of these things because their focus is on athlete nutrition. When you ask your doctor for things like ferritin, vitamin D, B12, a lot of the times it's more expensive, it's not covered, or they're not willing to test it because it's not essential for you to just walk around and exist as a human, which is what you know healthcare and insurance is concerned about rather than performing well as an athlete. So... Inside Tracker is a great, great resource that I use with almost all of my clients. Um, I use it on myself every three to six months. I test my blood work um, and make sure that I'm getting enough of all of these nutrients. And I'm a dietitian. I know how to do this, but it still doesn't add up for me sometimes because people are all individual and so is their blood work. So if you are wanting to get your blood work tested with Inside Tracker, you can head over to insidetracker.com slash fit cookie, or you can visit that link in my show notes and you can save 25% off of any of your orders. I highly recommend starting with the ultimate plan. That's what I use on most of my clients in their first test. If I think it's necessary, it's what I test myself with every three to six months. Um, and it's really going to give you a good idea if you're eating enough, if you are eating the right things for your body, if you have any deficiencies that you could be optimizing with appropriate supplementation or food-based interventions. And then too, if you want to retest, you can retest with ultimate, or if a lot of things come back and they look good, maybe you can drop down to one of the other plans like the essentials plan or, um, you know, something else. So Highly recommend Inside Tracker. It's super easy to use. Once you set up your appointment and you pick your right plan based off of what's right for you, it'll prompt you to make an appointment at your nearest Quest Lab or other third-party participating lab, and then you get set the re- sent the results after you get your blood work drawn. Super easy, very seamless, and an awesome way to know more about what's happening inside of you so that you are testing and, you know, kind of taking the path of least resistance instead of guessing and just, you know, tossing your money around or wasting it on supplements you don't need. And if you're looking for, you know, more individuality, um, you know, and customizing this to you or help interpreting your blood work, um, I'm happy to help as well. So feel free to reach out and set up a consultation with me. If you are listening to this episode as well, I have a free 
free. <laughs> I have a free workshop um, on fueling the run where I will talk about how to incorporate pre, during, and post-run nutrition and hydration strategies for your summer running and all of your fall summer running goals that you need to start training for now, essentially. You need to also start practicing your nutrition plan now. So whether you're a plant-based eater or not, um, definitely make sure you check out my free training, which you can also register for at the link in my show notes. It is on June 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't make it live, if you register at the link in my show notes, you'll also be sent the replay because I'm going to record it. And if you attend that free training, you're also going to get access to one of my pretty sweet new programs that I will be launching later this summer that will have limited spots and exposure. So pretty excited about it, but make sure you check out that free training. We're going to dive in so deep to some of these topics. um, And I really think it'll be helpful as you go into any fall goals so that you start practicing right now. So to summarize up plant-based nutrition, it can have positive effects on your LDL, which is your bad cholesterol. Um, because basically we find plant-based eaters and research are consuming less saturated fat because there's not as much saturated fat in plant-based foods. Um, also you might be having more carbs, which means you might be performing better because you might be closer to meeting your carbohydrate needs as an active person. But we also are lacking in a lot of micronutrients like iron D B12 protein, fat, calories, zinc, creatine, beta alanine, carnitine, omega-3s, calcium, and iodine. So we do need to be responsible plant-based eaters. And also we might find you're not eating enough in general because of the fiber intake, or you might experience GI distress. But overall main takeaway, plant-based eating, adding more plants to your diet, pretty much always a good thing. You just have to do it responsibly if you want to run happy and healthy for a long time. I hope this episode was helpful. Again, to register for my free training coming up on June 30th at 8 p.m. Eastern, head over to the link in my show notes to be sent the replay or to attend live. And until next time, guys, happy running. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.